Hey friends, Scott Sullivan here, Discipleship Catalyst, Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and I'm joined again today with several leaders from across our state. Now we're discussing a topic that is absolutely critical to the local church as we think about what's happening with pandemic and quarantine and coming out of it. Now, this is following a, an article that I posted about a month ago called Six Pivots to Position Your Church for Big Gospel Impact Coming Out of the Quarantine. And today's topic is Give Them Jesus. It's an evangelistic topic. It is a passionate topic. And we've got leaders that are joining us. Ray Sullivan is actually going to guide us through the discussion today. Ray is our Southeast Discipleship Consultant. We've also got with us today Randy Mullinax. Randy is the Southeast Evangelism Consultant. We've got Javier Chavez, and he is the pastor at Amistad Cristiana Internacional. We have also Robbie Foster, our Georgia Baptist Convention president. He's a, the pastor at Northside Baptist Church in Valdosta. And we also have Jody Bryant, who is the pastor at Elam Baptist in Millen. So, Ray, take a charge of the discussion today and guide our leaders through this discussion. We're super excited about the insight that these guys are going to share with us. Yeah, thank you, Scott. I, I'm so excited about being here today and having the opportunity to join with these guys. You know, this topic you mentioned is critical. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us are starting to wrap our minds around what, what we've been going through. I remember uh, when this, um, uh, this quarantine first started and, and shelter in place first started, you know, the questions that we were talking about was, how do I get my service online? And uh, so we were, we were working on that, trying to get Facebook Live set up and YouTube set up and just, just get, keep having church uh, online. And, and then we started thinking a little bit more towards, what about our groups? How are our groups going to meet? And, and some pastors started working on these Zoom meetings, and we're all learning uh, how to do Zoom and Microsoft Teams and and all of these things. And, and now, you know, it's hard to believe we're, we're a few weeks into this and, and, and we're starting to say, okay, what is the next step? You know, where do we go from here? We're not quite sure how long this quarantine is going to last. This uh, shelter in place is going to last, but, but you know what, we, we want to make an impact. We, we are about gospel impact. And so the question that I'm hearing now is how can we leverage this opportunity to reach people with the gospel? And I think that although this is a trying time for us, and I have been amazed at our pastors and, and our staff members and, and all of the creativity uh, that people are, are using uh, to have these church services and minister to the needs of their people, but where do we go from here? And, and in times of disruption, people are open to the gospel. In times of chaos, people are open to the gospel. We've seen that through history. And so our challenge hasn't changed. Uh, our commission hasn't changed, and that is to go and make disciples. Our circumstances may have changed. You know, I, I, some of you may know that my family has a blueberry farm, and, and we are right here in the time of harvest. We just started harvesting this past week, and um, every day, you know, I can go out and I can ride through the field, and I, I see all of this fruit that, that's hanging um, on the plant, and, and we're asking the question, when can we pick this, and what is the best way to pick this, and are we going to use the machine, are we going to use, are we going to hand pick it, but the question is, the main issue is, we've got to get this fruit off of the vine while it's ripe, and so I think that's where we are right now um, when it comes to reaching this world in the midst of this pandemic. There's ripe fruit, 
as Jesus said, the, the harvest is white, is white. And so we want to find a way to leverage this opportunity to do what we've called to do. A lot of our life has been suspended and we're in a waiting pattern. But as Scott, you said a few weeks back, I'll, I'll never forget it. You said, you know, this is not the time for the church to evacuate. This is time for the church to advance. And so how do we advance? The church always advances by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. So that's what we're going to discuss a little bit today. And one of the things that we've seen happening is we, we've seen pastors that have leveraged this opportunity to use social media. And uh, I was on a call this morning with a group of associational mission strategists, and they were sharing about different people who have come to faith in Christ by watching uh, a church service on television, whether through either through YouTube or Vimeo or Facebook Live. And, and uh, we've got Javier Chavez on with us today. And Javier, I was uh, on a call with you last week, and you were sharing some of the things that are happening in the Hispanic ministry and the way that you guys are using Facebook Live and Vimeo and how you're seeing people come to faith uh, in the gospel. And I was just curious, how are you doing that? How are you calling people to repentance through uh, using social media? How are you following up with them? Tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing while we're still in shelter in place to get the message of the gospel to people. Well, Ray, thank you very much. And thank you everyone for the um, kind invitation to be in this panel. And in reality, I must be honest with, uh, with you guys, and probably you know this, we were not prepared. As a Hispanic church, as Hispanic pastors, we were unprepared. We have 155 Hispanic churches with Georgia Baptist um, in Georgia. And I would say that probably 75% of our pastors are bivocational. And the majority of our churches are either uh, up in the north or in the rural south. So being our pastors with limited time, limited finances, limited knowledge, when this whole situation took place, we were definitely unprepared. But one of the positive sides of this is we come from Latin America. And if we survived um, convulsed Latin America back in the 80s and 90s, we were going to survive this situation. So we were able to survive and uh, it was really a matter of communicating among pastors. This whole situation, um, instead of us having many churches, I believe that we have become one church. Mm -hmm. And that has allowed us to communicate among pastors, to be able to share information, to be able to develop strategies and basic resources for pastors that maybe don't have the knowledge, maybe don't have the finances, or maybe don't have the equipment, but they have the call, they have the desire to present the gospel and to be able to be faithful to, to the people that God has placed upon their leadership. So that's what we began to do. We began to communicate. We began to make phone calls from people up in the north to people down in the south. There were 155 pastors that never knew each other. Some of them knew among themselves. Some of them didn't even know that the other person existed. So this helped us really to, to, to create a line of communication between these pastors. So then the second portion was, let's create a plan of emergency or an emergency plan. And we created in the local church here, Amistad Cristiana, which is the church that I pastor in Gainesville, we created an emergency plan that later on was adopted by the Northern region in which I am a Hispanic representative, and later on was adopted by the whole state. And I think this week, the Baptist Press is going to write an article in Spanish that this uh, emergency plan will be adopted 
for Hispanic churches around the U.S. And in reality, this emergency plan has five major points. Now, in Spanish, those five points begin with the letter E. I don't think in Spanish, in, in English, one of them, one of them will not begin with the letter E. But the first portion deals with the emotional part. How are we going to deal with the emotional part of the pastors that right now are overwhelmed? Not only with having to learn these new technological devices and learn about virtual platforms, but also having to cope with uh, financial difficulties. Some of our pastors are by vocation or they're losing their jobs. They don't have the finances they used to have. Our churches are going and are struggling financially. But not only pastors, local leaders, church people are going through depression, are going through uh, loneliness, are going through anxiety and going through fear. So we must minister to the emotional part of every person that is part of our local churches and our local leaderships. So what we have begun to do is we have begun to do panels. For example, today at 4.30 p.m., we will have a panel with four Hispanic Georgia Baptist pastors about how to deal with guilt and how to deal with anxiety. And we do that every, every Monday afternoon. And we choose different pastors. And the idea is to be able to connect not only churches, but also to be able to connect with the people in our local churches that may not have the opportunity to go to the local church, but they can see through, see through Facebook Live a panel that will speak to them in the need they're going through right now. The second portion is the spiritual portion. How can we be a church without being in the temple, without being in the sanctuary? Well, this is something that we have been saying for a long, long time. One thing is the physical location, and the other thing is we as the church of Jesus Christ. So how can you be spiritual, not being able to come to a Sunday worship in the morning, not being able to come to a Wednesday night Bible study, not being able to go to a Friday night prayer meeting? How can you be still be spiritual, not having your pastor right in front of you praying for your needs? Well, this is the moment in which we have to stress the priesthood of all believers and also the need to recover, to recover the family altar in their homes. Uh, dads and moms praying for their kids, praying for the family. And this is an excellent opportunity. And we have created Monday nights throughout the whole state is what, they, what we call the family altar night. That's when every family get together and pray. The third aspect has to, do, has to do, deal with evangelism. The fourth aspect deals with equipping. How are we going to equip? We're going to do discipleship in a moment in which everything is through Zoom. Everything is so impersonal at times. And the fifth aspect deal with economics. How are we going to still raise tithes and offerings and donations, especially my community is a community that uses a lot of cash. They're not used to write checks. They're not used to uh, use a credit card so much. They are not used to use a, a virtual platform to be able to send an offering. So now is a time for us to teach them how to do it. So in that, in that plan, the idea is let's show that we can still be the church in the midst of this whole situation. So that's really the idea. And uh, as far as us being more intentional in evangelism, what we have done is for example, for Easter Friday or for Friday of the Easter weekend, we decided to do a 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. We have a new Facebook page that is called GBMB en Español. And from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., our pastors send 
30 minutes of a program, a devotional study, um, information for children, information for young people in Spanish or in English or in Spanglish. And then from 4 to 6 p.m., we had a two-hour, three different pastors. We got together with live music. We communicated the gospel. We opened the lines for people to start writing to us. And we just preached Christ. The idea was let's communicate Christ. 16 people responded to the call of salvation. And we keep following those people, and we have sent them to different of our local churches in different areas in Georgia. And this Friday, we will have another moment and, uh, in which four pastors will get together in an event that will be called Georgia Praise. And it will be a time for prayer, but with an evangelistic concern. So this is the moment, I think, Ray, uh, that we are going to have to become creative. And I can say more, but uh, you have a lot of people here. I'm sorry for taking so long. No, absolutely not. And I apologize for my dog. He was kind of filled with the spirit there, I guess, Javier, when you were talking. And uh, I started shouting a little praise for himself. But, uh, you know, and I think that that's, that that's the beauty of it, you know. And I've been watching church services and uh, been able to see, and our pastors are preaching some great messages. And, uh, you know, taking this opportunity, there are people watching now who are not normally attending our church services. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a beautiful thing to see guys that are saying, hey, um, you know, I, I heard a guy was telling the other day that a grandmother had been trying to get her grandsons to, to attend church with her for years, and, and they wouldn't, wouldn't attend, but they sat at the breakfast table with her and uh, watched the church service, and when they finished, she shared the gospel uh, with them, and both of them prayed to receive Christ. Man. And so, you know, that, that's leveraging the opportunity that we have right now, and not just thinking about those that are in the church, but thinking about those who have questions right now and how are we going to speak truth to them and how are we going to share the timeless truth of Jesus Christ with them. And Randy, man, you are the Bishop of Barney. Uh, you, you are the, the man with all of the answers. Uh, really talk to us a little bit about equipping people because, you know, I, I think this, this is just me here. I, you know, people are at home, people are doing zoom meetings and we're talking about getting our people together, but can, can we use, this time that we have, can we use the technology that we have and the resources that we have to train our people to share their faith online um, or, or in services right now? And when we start getting towards Comeback Sunday, our people are going to be equipped and ready to share their faith with those people that, that will come uh, after this is over. What do you, you think, bud? You're absolutely right. People in this day and time are actually excited to find some kind of diversion, something to do different than just sitting around eating and watching television. It's a great time to do training. Now, one of my spiritual gifts, if it were a spiritual gift, is equipping. I love to train. I love to equip and uh, uh, enjoy doing that. But I, I want pastors to be able to, to settle on this time and use it with their people, getting them ready to share the gospel. Uh, there are a couple of things, and, and by the way, all, you will find the links to what I'm going to mention uh, in the blog post that you made, Ray, uh, on George Baptist discipleship about Give Them Jesus. The links are actually included in that article. Uh, there are a couple that I want to call attention to for pastors to use. One is a tremendous new website. Uh, it's nosweatevangelism.com no sweat evangelism.com uh, our team leader levi skipper designed it uh, and does an excellent job of unpacking personal evangelism training 
You can direct your people there. You can lead your people through it in short segments online uh, during the week. Or for instance, if you're broadcasting a Sunday night or Wednesday night service, you can break it down there. It is an excellent tool. Uh, I recommend pastors to lead their people to look at it themselves. It, they can walk through it piece by piece. It is not complicated. It is not difficult. It is e so easy, I can do it. And so I want to encourage you to uh, check out nosweatevangelism.com. Okay. Also, uh, if you go to the Georgia Baptist Evangelism Facebook page, uh, we continually post new articles, new resources, new tools that you can use uh, in equipping and encouraging your people and sharing their faith. One of the things that, that I'm using Facebook for is uh, I have uh, many friends, especially from my childhood days, who are still far from God. And so I've been posting things. I'm amazed at the number of times that these friends of mine are viewing those posts, following the link, and looking at a gospel presentation. It blesses my heart. Uh, one of my favorite presentations that I personally use was designed by James Merritt, who's the pastor of Cross Point Church in Duluth. He calls it the bad news, worst news, good news, best news. And uh, I shared a link on my Facebook page, and my friends and the people I'm praying for are actually following that link and reading for themselves a gospel presentation complete with scriptures uh, that relate to each point and it is a powerful personal evangelism tool. It is a perfect time also uh, to, to train or reintroduce your church family to praying for lost people by name. Uh, in our training that we do across the state, praying for lost people by name is our first step. It is always the best place to start. In Acts chapter four, we read, and when they had finished praying, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That word boldness can translate confidence. And so as you begin praying for lost people by name, they grow in their confidence. One of your team members, Dallas White, shared with me once uh, that in his church plant, that was one of the first things he trained and equipped his church family to do. And he said the results was not only the supernatural work of the Spirit of God in the hearts and lives of the people that they were praying for, but their church members gained a new confidence in sharing the gospel. So I'm hoping that during this time of social distancing, when this time is over, these people have been praying for these lost people by name, and these people they've been praying for are more open to hearing a gospel presentation than any other time. Now, I added my contact information to chat. And so you can go there. You can find my Anytime Mobile. You can find my email. And if you will text or email me, I will be glad to reply with the links to the things I'm talking about. I will reply to you with my Praying for Lost People by Name teaching notes uh, as well. One of the things I want to encourage you to do, and it's on our Georgia Baptist page, uh, the discipleship page, many different places, learn different ways uh, to uh, add a response option when you're on your morning worship. Now, in this discussion as my pastor, 
uh, Dr. Robbie Foster. Love him to pieces. He's a good friend. He's my favorite pastor in the state of Georgia. Um, and on uh, the worship yesterday, uh, there was a place where you could email uh, your response. You, you could do that. Uh, my friend Brad Waters at First Baptist Church, Hazelhurst, posted a phone number. They had people ready to take calls to respond to people who made decisions during that time. Now, one final thing, and I'll quickly hand the ball back off to you, and that is uh, getting ready uh, for Comeback Sunday, if you will. Uh, one of the things I enjoy teaching churches is how to be a guest-friendly church. Uh, you're going to have a lot of people who will show up just like we did at the end of, at, during 9-11. You're going to have a lot of people who normally don't go to church who will attend your worship those first couple of three Sundays when the social distancing uh, is lifted. You've got to be ready for them. Um, and I would be glad to share with you personally through a phone call or an email, different ways you can do that. I could be glad to share with you uh, my training PowerPoint in getting your church guest friendly. But here's some things to just keep in mind, especially during your broadcast and when they, you return to your normal worship gathering. You're going to have a lot of unchurched people there. They do not understand the language of Zion. You're going to need to be careful about using churchy language that the body of Christ understands, but may be foreign to people. Um, there, I have friends that I, I'm praying for that are far from God. They don't go to church. They don't read their Bible. They don't understand the phrase, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath the flood lose all their guilty stains. But I can't explain to that, that wonderful concept of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in different ways. Make sure that your facility is inviting. Make sure your greeters are outside, inside, in the worship center, everywhere ready. Make sure that your people know to be ready to make welcome guests. And when you come back together, make sure it's not homecoming just for your church family, but make sure you, that people understand this is a time where we're gathering together, but we're also seeing a gathering, as you said, Ray, of the fields of the white under harvest, people who are hungry to hear the gospel. I'll be praying with you. If there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to contact me. Hey, great word. Thank you, Randy. Um, what a great opportunity we have right now to, to train people uh, to share their faith. One thing I've been seeing that churches are doing, and I'll just throw this in here quickly, guys, is use testimonies. Um, testimonies are powerful. Testimonies from your people. Uh, so, so much is going virtual. It's going online. Uh, instead of them just watching us every single week preaching, have some of your people share their testimony um, and use social media to do that. And put those phone numbers down there, contact information, and make sure you have people in place uh, to follow up. People are hungry and they're looking for answers uh, during this time. And I'm curious if you're watching this panel discussion tonight, uh, pastors and church leaders, comment below. Let us know what you're doing. Tell us stories about people that have come to faith uh, in your church. Uh, we want to hear that. We want to celebrate uh, those victories with you and share with us other ideas. That's that's what we're doing here. We're gleaning from each other and we're learning from each other and, and we're all here uh, to help. Uh, I, I'm curious because you mentioned, Randy, 9-11. Uh, I remember when I was a pastor, um, when 9-11 when took place, and man, we had no time to prepare. We didn't know it was coming. Um, it happened. And, uh, you know, a lot of us had sermon series planned out and things going on. And and all of a sudden, Sunday was here and our churches were packed. 
I mean, they were packed. There were people looking for answers. There were people, uh, and, and within about one to two weeks, they were gone. And I think a lot of that may have been just we weren't prepared for them. We weren't prepared for the people. We weren't prepared uh, to minister to them. We weren't prepared to meet their needs. We don't have that excuse now. We've got a lot of time to, to get ready to prepare for those people that will be asking those questions, whether it's a trickle-in effect or whether it's a one Sunday. And so I am blessed to have two great pastors uh, here with us today. And I, I'm curious, guys, Robbie, uh, over in Valdosta, um, Robbie's our convention president, uh, doing a tremendous job over there at Northside Baptist Church. And just curious, Robbie, what, what are you guys talking about as you're, you're preparing for Comeback Sunday? You got all this time to prepare. Uh, what, what's going on over there? Well, all that time to prepare uh, was used a lot of time learning about media. And so we, we all had to make that, make that run too, which I think we're getting better at it. And we've learned that what was a secondary ministry is now uh, becoming very much an important part of our ministry at Northside. So we're going to use that media. We're going to use that advancement to get the word out when we get the green light to be ready and prepared for worship on Comeback Sunday. So I've been meeting with my staff already. We've got a big planning meeting tomorrow. I would encourage all pastors to go ahead and meet with your staffs and go through the scenarios or go through your leadership, your deacons, whatever you need to. We've got great technology here with Zoom and whatever you need to do to me, but to let them know this day's coming. And, uh, you know, I want to take from Psalm 122, you know, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord and worship. That didn't catch him by surprise. He was looking forward to going. And we want to use that same energy. I don't think the church has ever had this opportunity. Now, you talked about 9-11 and other things. We've had about a five, six-week window here where we've had to change our thoughts in this media in preparation, production, whatever you want to call it, knowing that this day was coming that we were gonna be back together. So one thing we don't have to have right here that before we would, the momentum is here. People wanna get to the house of God. To not capture that would be our own fault. We've got the tidal wave of momentum. And so I'm saying to, to, to my people, we're, we gotta do our everything, everything above and beyond. It's a second mile moment. You know, this is the time when uh, you know, we talk about Easter, our homecoming, and all these things we would go. This is, the, this is the top right here. This is the opportunity because everybody's excited about going to the house of the Lord. They want to be out. And so I think it's a great time to share the gospel. There'll be a gospel presentation, a great time to be the church that is friendly and loving and kind, praying for neighbors to come in and uh, worship with us and be uh, ready with everything that we do in our worship and word that day for people that's that's going to be we've got an opportunity they're going to be coming to the house of the Lord. Excellent word Robbie and uh, you know I, I just appreciate you know, the fact that you said there will be an evangelistic message I, I was talking to a pastor the other day and um, uh, he was talking about a family member of his that that went to church um, in another city outside of the state and in a large church. And he was having a hard time getting them to go to church. They, they went to church that Sunday and, um, that they were, they were looking for answers after nine 11, they were looking for hope. Uh, and, and the pastor preached on tithing. Um, that, that's, that, that's what he had prepared. Um, that's what he was thinking about. And I, you know, we, we're not here to judge, 
but at the same time, this is an opportunity for us to think, what are the questions that people are answer, are asking right now? And we're going to have that window to be able to answer those questions with the truth of the gospel. And in times of disruption, our response should always be the gospel. Um, and so thank you so much for, for well, sharing that. God is working. I, I let a, I let a young man to 32 years old Friday to faith in Christ, uh, shared the gospel with him. He prayed and, and, uh, he is a born again believer and we will baptize him that day. Oh, great. <laughs> Jody, man, I appreciate Jody Bryant. Uh, Jody, you are so much like so many of our pastors. Um, you're a single staff church. Uh, you've got some great leaders there in your church and, and, uh, man, you're doing a great job and seeing people come to faith in Christ. And I, I'm just curious, you know, what, what are you guys thinking about milling? You're a little bit in a, more of a rural setting. I know you guys just recently, right before this happened, you went out and kind of canvassed your neighborhood. You did a five mile, uh, basically knock on every door, invite people. And then this hit. And so now you got follow up kind of go, what, what are you guys working on? What are you thinking there? Yeah, uh, thank you, Ray, for the opportunity to speak. We uh, we did we we knocked on the doors of every home within a five mile radius of, of the church, uh, just to pray with them, share Christ with them. Uh, we took some uh, connection cards with us, and if they had a prayer request or if they made a decision, uh, if there was something going on in their life that maybe they wanted more information uh, about the church or more information about being a Christian, we. Um, took that information and so uh, I'm in the process now of going back through those connection cards getting uh, some information out to those uh, specific individuals uh, and we're starting the process now of uh, strategically planning to go back uh, once we get the all clear uh, to go back into our neighborhood and knock on the door again and say listen uh, you know as you said earlier right this uh, people come to Christ when there's a crisis uh, they, they recognize their need uh, for more, they recognize that they need a savior, that they need uh, to turn their life over to Jesus, and so we're gonna we're gonna take advantage of the situation that we're in and um, go back and, and and knock on those doors again and and check on them and uh, continue to share the gospel with them, and um, you know uh, we're uh, in the process again, as uh, Randy said, we're gonna start using the no sweat evangelism. Prior to this. Uh, we did the three circles and, um, you know, we went through the three circles evangelism training uh, and then we did a lot of role play. We had the people that we knew were going to go out, they would ask questions and uh, we documented those questions uh, and the leaders got together and uh, we came up with some good scenarios and, and we role played them out for them so uh, they could see firsthand what it is to, you know, to share their faith. And uh, we had people that had never shared their faith before, never knocked on a door before. Uh, come back excited and they're looking forward to uh, going back out again and getting uh, back into the community. So we're looking forward to that day. Uh, along with that, we're planning a, a Jubilee service uh, once we get the all clear. And that's just going to be a, a day of celebration. We're going to have a sunrise service uh, just like we, you know, we missed it. Um, but, you know, we don't have to just have a sunrise service on, on Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ every day. And so uh, we're going to uh, do that and we're going to get our community invited to that. And uh, we're just in the process of making those preparations and uh, getting everything ready for people. We're excited about it. Uh, and we're going to use the opportunity that God has put in our laps to, uh, to make that impact. And uh, along with that, Yesterday, I preached from John chapter 15 and uh, how uh, the gardener prunes. And uh, I, I really believe that God has used this 
uh, in our lives to prune some things away uh, that we necessarily uh, don't need or some things we were spinning our wheels on uh, that, that weren't effective. And, and God has really given us some time uh, over the last four or five weeks to, to take an evaluation of what we're doing. Are we being effective uh, as a church? Are we being effective uh, as a leader? Uh, and are we being effective as a, a Christ follower? Uh, and bearing the fruit that lasts. And so uh, I'm really excited about what God has uh, done through this and what he's going to do on the upside of it. Yeah, thank you, Jody. I, I got a chance to listen to that sermon yesterday, and man, it was a great message, and, and God definitely is doing that. He's kind of, he, he's getting us to refocus on what is most important, and things that we thought we couldn't live without are not so important anymore. And so uh, we're not just figuring that out in the church. People are figuring that out in their own lives, and and the gospel uh, that that seedbed is is just ready uh, for us to, to cast those seeds. So um, thank you guys for the discussion. You know, it's it's just important for us to think, you know, it's so easy for us in times of crisis to kind of draw in and we need to protect what we've got. And we need to make sure that we're taking care of our people. And all of that's true. And, and I'm just hearing stories about how pastors are picking up the telephone and they're calling their church members and, and deacons are getting back involved in deacon family ministry now and they're reaching out to their people and and uh, meeting needs, and, and that's what we're here for. But ultimately, remember, we're here to make disciples, and we're here to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and so we, we can't lose this opportunity to, to leverage the times that we have to, to give them Jesus, and that's the answer uh, that's going to, to meet those deepest needs of their life. And I thank you guys. Any last thoughts that, that you have as we kind of went around the table and different people were talking? Anything kind of jumped in your mind you'd like to share with some of our pastors or staff members that are watching today? I would like to say, Ray, this is a great time for the body of Christ to be much in prayer. And let's not forget the supernatural power of a holy God that when we call on his name, he is more than able to work in this and give us the resources and the knowledge, the wisdom. And my prayer is that we walk very wisely through this time and uh, be the body of Christ God's called us to be. So you know, I, I don't want to leave this discussion without saying the key to everything we do is in the power of prayer. When we call on the name of the Lord, he is there to answer and God will do great things. So I think 3,600 Georgia Baptist churches and pastors praying together, the devil don't have a chance. Thank you, Robbie. And hey, I tell you what, let, let's do this. As we close today, Robbie, as our convention president, will you, uh, uh, will you lead us in a time of prayer? And um, I just want to remind everybody, if you would, just comment on the comment section. We want to know who you are. We want to know where you're serving. Um, what are you doing? What's working for you? What questions do you have? And share those with us, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to get back with you as soon as we can. And, and uh, let's keep this discussion going. I think one of the beautiful things that's happened to this, I'm seeing more pastors that are working together, communicating back and forth, sharing ideas, iron sharpening iron. We're, we're learning from each other, and God is blessing that. And, I, and I, that's one thing I don't want to see stop uh, at the end of this is for us to go back into our own little silos and own little cocoons. So, so share with us what's working and share with us uh, the questions you have. Scott, any last thoughts and comments from you, my friend? Yeah, I'll just say this, and then we'll let Robbie pray and close us out, and we, we'll be concluded. This issue we're talking about has never been more personal for me. Just a few moments before we came on this broadcast, I got a note from um, a friend. He was, uh, it was actually the daughter of my childhood youth pastor, 
I spoke to him last night on the phone and I was helping him to think through uh, what, it, what needs to happen in his church, concepts he needs to go over in preparation for reopening. This morning, Bobby had uh, what they think was a heart attack and didn't make it. And of course, we celebrate Bobby's life. The brother's in heaven. He's walking with Jesus. The heartache is painful to think about that. But I think about the people that are around us, mm. around our houses, that are in our neighborhoods, many that are in our churches who don't know Jesus as Savior. If we fail at anything, it cannot, it must not be in our effort to give people the gospel and move them to spiritual maturity. That's right. Robbie, would you pray for us? Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Ray, and all the guys. Love all you guys. Appreciate your hard work and uh, uh, just dear friends. Uh, and we're all in this together. So let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you for, God, the stirring of our hearts and minds today in Christ. And thank you, Lord, for just men of God who simply want to be honest, put our heart before you today, Lord, and pray for the wisdom of heaven, asking you for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit of God upon our churches and upon our pastors today, Lord, and praying, God, for just a great awakening here, God, just a Sunday is coming that Lord, we need to be ready, prepared, God. And I know, Lord, you're already stirring in our hearts what needs to take place. But, Father, this day is going to come. And, Lord, we want to be ready. We want to be, Father, God, the church you've called us to be in the year 2020. God, with fresh vision from heaven. And, God, the opportunity to win people to Jesus. And, God, right now, during this pandemic, there has never been a greater opportunity to share in a spirit of fear the spirit of faith and hope and love in Christ. So today, Father, would you put a fresh anointing upon the men of God who will stand behind the holy pulpit of a holy God and preach and teach your word, God, with great, great conviction and great compassion in Jesus' name. And I pray, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you, Thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Jody. God bless y'all.